Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. Last week, <laughs> we addressed the fact that people don't really like us talking about EVs. And we said we're not going to do it anymore. But tough luck. <laughs> oh, are we in again? We're going straight in because um, I have to update you on my i5 loan. Oh, yeah. BMW i5 M60. Coming it today. Uh, I'm in it today. Yeah. I am kind of using it as my daily. Good. You know, this is my attempt to really get to grips with uh, an electric car. Okay. Um, so I've now had it. How long have I had it? Three months? I think I've had it three months now. No. Probably, really yeah, long? three months. And I've done about... Coming up to two and a half thousand miles or maybe three thousand miles. Where's my phone? Oh, I left my phone over there. I should have checked the app. But yeah, I mean, let's say two and a half thousand miles. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm fairly experienced now. So at the weekend, I had to go down and visit my mum. Mm-hmm. And Vicky had some kind of weird meeting somewhere. And essentially, we decided we were going to take two cars. So, you know, okay, not that good for the environment, but it had to happen logistically. No, one of them's an EV. Well, I, well hold on a sec, Tony. <laughs> hold on. Don't get too excited. <laughs> so, yeah, I would take the i5 yeah. with da baby, and Vicky would take the 5-litre V8 F-Pace SVR. Uh-huh. So we both started the day with 100%. So I refueled the F-Pace the night before, charged up the i5 literally seconds before I went to pick up Mia from oh, the he's so a we real world comparison. Yeah, so 100%. I started with 100%. Huh? Uh, you want to know the predicted range with 100% in the i5 before I set off? Um, it, it doesn't mean a great deal, but yeah, tell me. 212 miles. Terrible. So I was like, oh, that's, well, I think it will increase. And it did. Good. Long story short, mm. I got to my mum's, which let's say is, I always say it's 98 miles away. Maybe it's like 101 on a bad day yeah, or 95, yeah. but let's say it's 98 miles away. I got there with 54% battery remaining. So I used almost half a battery and that's his motorway cruising. Yeah. Pretty much M4 the whole way, which is all average speed cameras. So I'm just bang on, set it on the adapt. What's well, it not? It's not called adaptive cruise control. They've got it called um, assisted driving or something like that. But, but uh, what miles did you have when you got to your mum's? Uh, I think it was like 114 miles. Okay. So, so it didn't really go up that much then. So no, it didn't go up that much. And I was like, okay, I could theoretically probably get home again and just charge at, when I get home. But you'd be flapping. Well, but then over the weekend, 
because the baby's stuff was in the i5, the ISO fix and the car seat and the pram and everything, we just used that to, to run around towns. We had to, we popped up for lunch one day yep. and then we had to go into supermarkets. As you, so anyway, by Saturday afternoon, it was down to 34% mm. and range was like oh, no, 74 miles. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not getting home. So I gotta go charge it. So I said to my mum, so I'm sorry, I gotta go and charge. So I found my favorite public charging network, not sponsored, uh, MFG. Right. I actually don't know what, that, I think that's Motor Fuels Group. I don't know, I say okay. not sponsored, but they're my go-to for fast chargers in London. I found one uh, fi uh, 10, 15 minutes away. So how many, it was like seven miles away, I guess, eight miles away. Anyway. So the I, EV people will be shouting at you now, by the way, because if they, they would be saying... There Why didn't I charge a, at my mum's? Yeah, well, there should be a charger at your mum's and you wouldn't have to go out and pay all the high prices and blah, 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 blah. But that's in an ideal world. We don't live in a... Yeah, so my, live in the real world. My mum doesn't have an EV or a perv, yeah. so she doesn't have a charging point. Yep. Could I have plugged it into just <clears throat> her mains? If you saw my mum's house, no, because I think the house would have caught fire if I plugged <laughs> it go. But also, I don't think I've got a three-point plug adapter for the charging in, in cable. The car, fair enough. In the car, so yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to go and use a public but, uh, network. You, you wouldn't... You wouldn't get any charge from it mate anyway but you know no 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 considering that my charging point at home home is a seven kilowatt yeah and it takes from i plugged it in at 5 p.m and it was ready at 11 a.m the next morning yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another story for another time yeah. anyway so i went after mfg uh got there um i preconditioned the battery well done first time i've done that yeah. so i arrived with 30 percent remaining mm. Pulled up to the row and some old man went, none of them are working. And I was like, oh, don't tell me this. Because I've really been enjoying the public network recently. I thought, <laughs> super, none of them are working, mate. He's on the phone. So I went, yeah, I've turned up. None of them are bloody working. And I thought, I don't want to be rude, but you are an old man. <laughs> and you look a little confused by the situation. So I'm just going to go with it and see what happens. I was like, I'll give it a try. Did my usual thing. Bish, bash, bosh. Works instantly. Right. So he's like, oh, oh, th this gentleman's made it work. Um, rapido, mate. Good. I get up to... Uh, 89% charge, so 30 to 89% in 35 minutes or 40 minutes mm -hmm. like that. Real quick, yeah, real yeah. speedy. And I have, um, yeah, 89% charge and 160 miles or something like so that. So, so I'm like, I'm done, great. Perfect. Off I go. Mom, I'm on my way back. I told her I'd be at least an hour and a half. I was 50 minutes. So I was like, I'm on my way back. Yeah. I'm done. Uh, so then I drive back to London, get back to London again, 56% or, or whatever charge. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, actually... All right, expense. Oh, by the way, forty quid to forty quid to charge at the MFG station right. thing. So I was like, ah, that was an all right experience actually, mm -hmm. and and I couldn't. I think the baby slept well in the car, like you know, and it was it's such a nice cruiser. Yeah, like, yeah. it's very quiet, and very comfortable, and yeah. I'm, you know, so that's all good. And my mum was like, oh, it's an interesting car. And so um, then <laughs> yesterday, I had to get in the F Pace SVR. And I got in and Vicky had done the exact same journeys as me, right? So she'd gone off to her meeting, which was near Woking somewhere, then down to my mum's. She also did one mission at my mum's out to the shop and back because she wanted to stock up before she came home. And then she left the day before me back to London. I got in the FPSVR and all of that, she still had just over half a tank. Mm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, that's a bit, excuse my French, shit. <laughs> Because the five litre, 500 and whatever horsepower, 16 ton SUV mm. cost effectively the same to fill up. It's about 80, 75, 80 quid to fill up one of those F-Pace SSVR. So I did a 40 quid, actually I didn't do a 40 quid charge. Anyway, long story short, let's say it's an equivalent fuel value. The, 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 only, the only thing is that we need to factor in here if we're trying to be equal 
is that to get it to the initial full up stage in the first place, it would have cost more to fuel the car up than it would have the EV because yes, you charged fair. it at home. Very good point, actually. You're right there. <clears throat> You're right there. Okay, so yeah, so cost-wise, it's half the cost. No. But 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 yeah, d- double the fuel. If we're talking about fuel as electric fuel, not yeah. not petrol fuel. Yeah. So yeah, look. Long story short, I'm just updating you all on my real real world experience. I I definitely didn't think it was that. I didn't actually think it was negative at all. Obviously, there was the pain for me in having to go to the MFG thing, but it wasn't that bad. It was 10 minutes away. Mm. It charged real quick. I was like, that was pretty easy and happy. Okay, fine. It cost 40 quid, but if I was in a car, I might have had to fill up anyway. So I'm not. I like. It wasn't bad until I got in the F page and I went, oh. Mm. <laughs> and uh, as I say, my my experience is it, with that car is still largely positive. I have a lot of things to pick holes in with that yeah. i5, but my EV experience, like, like, you know, it's fine. The real negative bit would have been if you didn't have the 50 minutes or the the hour to mess around leaving to go and charge it and then come back. Some, if yeah. you've had a packed weekend, I know you've got to find the time. Yeah, I think you find the time. Well, you've got to. Yeah, you, you, you ain't got you a choice. Whereas if you've got a combustion car, there's no such thing as finding time. You just pop into a petrol station. Well, yeah, the long and the short of it is, and all of this will come when I film my main channel video on that car, is that there, there, it, there's still some uh, hassle involved. There's mm. still some adapting of your lifestyle, some trickery. And, and this brings us on to Harry Metcalf's, I think, fascinating video that went live. Did it go live on Sunday, I suppose? Um, where you sent he, it to me and I even watched it. Yeah, even you watched yeah. it. He addressed all of this because he basically said after a couple of years of running a, perf, a plug-in hybrid and a full electric vehicle, he's actually gone back to diesel. Mm. And he discussed a lot of interesting points within the video as to why he'd made that choice. So shout out right here. If you haven't seen Harry's Garage, latest video, Harry's Garage's latest video, Harry Metcalf's latest video, Thomas, go and check it out because it's really, really interesting. There's a few things additionally which I would talk about, but he says the same thing which I've been trying to say on here for a while is I am not anti-EV and he is not anti-EV. That's important to try and make people realise. I know you're all bored of us talking about EVs, but this is the world we now live in, I'm afraid. We have to talk about it and we're only sharing our real world experiences. Everyone's like, you're EV bashers. We're not, we're just sharing our, I've just talked you through a real world experience that I've had. That's my, (laughs) and and what I took away from his video the most I'm going to ask you in a second, was the, the, the point that he said, it is just an inconvenience right now, living with an EV is still an inconvenience for some people. I admit, I put my hands up, of course, if you are only doing short commuter journeys, if you're only going 20, 30 miles a day, absolutely, EVs are fantastic for you. In the city, short journeys, they can be fantastic for you. But if you're like Harry Metcalf, or if you're like me, or if you're like Tony, doing big, long, unpredictable journeys, they are a hassle and inconvenience. And that Mm. was one thing Harry highlighted. So, look, I've been talking a lot now. Uh, Throwing to you, what did you take away from that video that maybe you hadn't thought about or realised before? Because a lot of the points he mentioned, we've discussed over the last few years. It's why people are so cross with us all the time. I think that that was the... the, There wasn't really anything I took from the video because we've been talking about it for two years. So there wasn't really anything. I thought, well, he's got a good point there or... What about the battery degradation? Yeah, I mean, uh, we had a brief conversation on WhatsApp about it over the weekend and um, no one's really talking about this, mate. This This is going to be a huge problem because we haven't reached this stage yet. What, where are the batteries going? You know, there's, there's, when the cars are finished, 
they've already, you know, they've got to take the batteries out or the, the cars are going to be destroyed and the batteries have to sit dormant somewhere for a period of time. Where, where, are, they, where are they going? You're, but that is seemingly a long time because did you see his whole graph of, or sorry, that Norwegian YouTuber's graph of degradation? Because there were like Nissan Leafs that after 10 years have only degraded like 35, 40%. But that depends, mate, where you are in the world because he said that as well, by the way. And like anything... That will de- that will depend on how the car's been treated. Same as an engine, no different to an engine. If a, if, you know, if you if you have a combustion engine car that's been serviced every year on the dot and been really maintained, it's going to last longer than a car that's never been serviced. Same with a battery, you know. And I always always um, use an example of a mobile phone because that that is exactly what an EV is. It's a mo- it's a big mobile phone on wheels, and Unfortunately, I know the technology is slightly different, but it is, it's still a battery. It's just like an engine is an engine, you know? So batteries run out. They, they do stop at some point, whether they last five years, seven years. You can prolong the life of it by looking after it and trickle charging it. Same with a phone. Everything, it's, it's exactly the same. So obviously a car battery is going to last longer than a, than a phone battery, but it is going to stop working at some point. And the Nissan Leafs, you know, some Nissan Leafs that I've known and seen with my own eyes, they're fully charged. They're 60 miles. Mm. That's all they give now. Yeah. And and that's before you drive them. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had enough. That You mm-hmm. know, I'm talking about these are 12-year-old cars. They've had it. Sure. You know, and they're not, they're not worth anything now. But they're no good to anyone either. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's the point, you know. Uh, the humans have figured out how to recycle combustion engine vehicles fairly well, whether breaking it down for parts or crushing or whatever, to a point where, go on, you're going to... Yeah, no, 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 you're right, yeah. yeah where, where that is still, I think, yet to be um, work, worked out, identified, I suppose. You know, we keep hearing stories of dealerships or manufacturers creating these kind of battery warehouses for problematic cars or problematic batteries or dead batteries. Um, yeah, that's a question for the world, though. You know, we've got fridges, we've got phones, we've got computers, we've got all of this technology. What does the world do with dead technology? You're right, cars now being added to that fray, you know, brings up question marks for environmental reasons. Yeah. And let's not forget one of the main reasons for... The whole world going EV, supposedly, um, is to better the environment. It's to reduce emissions. So I think they do have to look at the bigger, wider picture of the end game. You know, we, as you say, we, we are far away from that, theoretically, but it's going to happen at some point. Mm. So it doesn't need to be addressed. I think it was an interesting point he made, though, in terms of resale value, because the same thing which I think he skimmed on, he definitely identified it in a few ways, the depreciation. Um, you know, that's, I think, also scaring off a lot of people. People are starting to realise how aggressive the depreciation is. He mentioned it in the financing, how much more expensive EVs and PEVs um, are. Uh, and but that, he- was on, that, was on, that was on list price versus list price. So them, them prices are not what, quite what he quoted because obviously you get a load of money off an EV and you'll get some money off a, off a I think car. he showed the discounts, though, didn't he? He had a few screenshots showing discounts that manufacturers are offering already. Yeah, but these are website discounts. These mm. aren't these aren't real world discounts, mate. You know, like the, the discounts they're applying to EVs because it's all about 
manufacturers are all about selling cars. And I know they, and this is where I think there's going to be a swing at some point. And there's going to be a fight between mm-hmm. the manufacturers and the governments mm-hmm. because at some point, these manufacturers are businesses, right? Mm-hmm. All they care about shareholders, directors. And we've already had <coughs> CEOs come out from Toyota and different manufacturers saying, we're not making and we're not doing this. There will be a fight at some point because all the manufacturers care about is selling cars. Mm-hmm. That's all they've ever mm-hmm. cared about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've seen that down the years with normal combustion cars. So there will be a point, if there's no confidence in the public in buying EVs, t- there's already incentives mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, buy mm-hmm. EV cars. Mm-hmm. If, if, there's, if no one's buying them, the manufacturers won't make them. They'll mm-hmm. stop making mm-hmm. them because they have to make money. So where does, where's the money coming from? And this is the problem. Well, I think the focus needs to be and will be on the small, cost-effective, city-based electric vehicle. Like we're seeing from the Chinese, um, like we're seeing from some European manufacturers, like the Fiat 500e, like the upcoming Mini Electric, like all these cars. And we spoke about a few at the start of the year of cars we're looking forward to. This is your cars to be excited about. I think... Those cars will and do make sense. If they can be at circa 200 mile reputable range, inner city, small, cost effective, the MG4 thing, like those all to it's me- still 25, 30 grand new though. No, no, but but as I say, any nice new car is, mate. What I'm saying, they've got to be cost effective. Okay, what was the one that we talked about? It was the, the uh, someone was coming out with a 15 grand one. We spoke about it. I agree at the moment they're still more than the combustion engine equivalent but by a mile but, it's but not they, even a little bit they've got to drill those down that, that's where I think the focus can and should be and, and, and don't forget mate like we've said this before we always repeat ourselves on this unfortunately but a frugal petrol engine car like I know they don't make them anymore but like a little Fiesta like a little Fiat 500 it does 400 million miles to the gallon Right, you put forty quid in it; it lasts forever, um, and it's nearly half the price of a EV. Yeah, but but so th- when you when you've run it for that period of time, right, it's not going to be worth anything. But nor is the EV. Mm. When you when you um, put that all into the equation, because your miles per gallon isn't any more in the EV, even if you're charging it from home, because your little petrol car does so many miles to the gallon, it's so efficient. They are now these little petrol engine cars. Um, it do, it literally doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. makes absolutely no sense. So for me, the EV car needs to be cheaper than the petrol car for it to be worth, and that ain't going to happen anytime soon. But I think that's I think that's where the focus will have to shift to. I think the focus will have to shift to making, as I say, those small, usable and affordable city-based EVs. Because if you get them where there's at least price parity or potentially a little bit less. But I think price parity is what's most realistic. And then you can, or you are someone who charges at home. If you're if you're city-based where you can charge at home and you're doing small, short journeys, then the EV will win out. The EV will make sense in terms of cost of use and servicing yeah, yeah. and all these different things like that. If you so, live in the city and you can charge from home, exactly. don't forget exactly. that was a lot the, of cities are flats. Yeah, oh, one million percent. So, I think that was another stat that Harry highlighted was the amount of people in the UK that can't currently charge at home. Eye-watering. So I'm saying if you're in a position to be able to charge at home, you do short, re- re- repeated journeys yeah. day yeah, in, day yeah. out, then that's where those cars will make sense. Yeah, but yeah. long story short, I think what we're trying to get onto, because we've been banging on about this and repeating ourselves, and I'm saying, I know people get bored, and I'm sorry. At some point in the year, when stuff starts to happen, 
in the car world, we'll be back to talking about our bread and butter mm. of combustion engine sports cars. But at the moment, it's the winter. Nothing's going on apart from manufacturers launching EVs. Um, it is... is, is that's, what that's what they've been told to build yeah by the way this is what i'm saying this is where the swing at some point is going to come back round because you can build all you like but if you're not selling it you have to stop building it this is the problem well i think the 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 realization that people are having mainstream media the consumer and manufacturers are that there there are going to have to be multiple solutions which is again something that we've been banging on about i think all of you listeners know it is not a one-stop shop. No. It, 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 and I saw what we said before, like, you know, EVs don't work for everyone, so they can't be the final solution. Yeah. And everyone was like, well, yeah, but a, a, a Panamera Turbo S doesn't work for everyone, nor does a Fiesta. I'm like, no, no, but the point being, the combustion engine Correct. does currently work for, for everyone. everyone. In some shape or form, yeah. the combustion engine does work for everyone across the world. So therefore, as I say, for me... City-based small EVs are gonna be the route to go. Like that is still, I think, a fantastic viable option. Yeah. Therefore, alternatively fueled electric vehicles, whether that's hydrogen, whether that was the was it nano cell technology that Matto Rimac was talking about, uh, lots of other clever ways that people are looking at fueling electric vehicles. Yeah. But there's also Yes, hybrids, absolutely. There's also synthetic fuels. My my favorite lads, the P1 fuel yeah, boys, yeah. you know, doing some amazing work in that space. So, like, would I, one of them come on? P1 fuels? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, whenever we, we should we get want. one of them one day. Whenever yeah. we want. We could have a long chat. Yeah, I think there's some exciting stuff happening this year. So, I'm supposed to be catching up with them soon because, I mean, there's obviously other players in that synthetic fuel yeah. game. Obviously, I went to see Porsche and their whole thing. And they are now actively using that fuel, supposedly, yeah, yeah. Um, in demonstration runs and events and for Carrera Cup. I still, I'm going to speak, actually, I'm going to send an email to Porsche and find out mm. what's going on with the synthetic fuel. But don't yeah. forget, you've got the F1 as well, which all the yeah. regulations are changing in 2025, 2026, which, which is why all the manufacturers want to pile back yeah. in. There'll be a, for a technology reason there, because that obviously will get passed down to, to the mass at some point. Well, I'm sure so, that's why Audi are getting involved, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Ford absolutely. with their engines with Red Bull, like, you know, they're all going to be learning from, yeah. from car, you know, carbon neutral fueling. Yeah. But anyway, there we go. Sorry, it's another EV rant. God, we're and you losing know subscribers looking... by the day, Tony. Oh, no, we're not. We are, no, we're... genuinely, genuinely, <laughs> we are. People hate the EV chat, Tony. Do you know what I was looking at the other day, actually, that, coming away from EVs, thank God, you'd be pleased to hear. I don't see why people buy SUVs out of this, but diesel cars anymore. Oh. Because, oh. because I've been in some frugal petrol cars recently. Mm -hmm. Golf, mm -hmm. two litre petrols, little... Little and, and mate, they 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 do fifty odd to the gallon. Well, hold no on difference a sec. To the diesel. You've reminded me of a story that we had to discuss. Oh, your G wagon experience. Oh wow, let's get into that. Actually, yeah. So, Here we go, people. Combustion well, engines. Ah, Welcome we're back. In. We're it, back. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> so this was based on all motorway miles, by the way. But the journeys were exactly the same. Okay, so real world example. Tell us what you were doing. While On the same day. Same day? Same conditions. Wow. Everything. Okay. So uh, we sold a G63. Which year? Uh, 2019. So... New shape. The newer shape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the current model, mm -hmm. essentially. Um, I know there's a new one coming out imminently, but the, the new shape car. Um, filled it up with fuel. Mm-hmm. 
as I, as I would always. I drove it down to uh, Taunton in... Somerset? Somerset, yeah. Is it Somerset? Or yeah, Taunton, Somerset, Devon, isn't it? Devon, isn't it? Devon? Yeah. Let's have a little Well, look. it's on the borders anyway. Taunton yeah. is a town in the southwest of England in the county of Somerset. Yeah, okay, right. It's right on the borders anyway. But anyway, good few hundred miles sure. down there. Drove down the same speed back and forth. I picked up, um, dropped off the G63, and I picked up a 2017 G350 diesel. Is that the older shape? That's the uh, that's the older shape. But, Interesting. But the okay. diesel version. Fine. The fuel, by the time I'd got back... 100% in the G350D? 100% in the G50D. Similar price, as in, actually it costs more because the price of diesel... Was surprise at the pump. Do you remember what it cost you to refill both cars? Not exactly, unfortunately. Mm, okay. Yeah. But at the moment... But it was more because of the price. What would you say at the moment? Diesel is 10 or 15p a litre more or 20p a litre more? Uh, Let's it's, see if a, I can it's, do. it's between 10 and 12p more. UK roughly. fuel fuel prices today. I think... Uh, I petrol think prices. Find the cheapest price. 142, 140 oh, no. petrol. Oh, so, oh, so, there we go. RAC. Go on the RAC. Latest fuel prices. What are the latest fuel prices? Unleaded, 141. Diesel, 150. Yeah. But yeah, some, some are 154, so some are one. But it was 10 or yeah, 12 yeah. p. No, so that's, that's super average. Right? That's super, super average, average. But yeah, fine. So um, long story short, mm -hmm. the G63, mm -hmm. pound for pound, mm -hmm. uh, mile for mile, yep. was less to get down than the G50 diesel was to get back because of that 10 or 12p difference in cost. I, I almost want, I'm going to try and do the maths with you right now because I think <laughs> this fascinates me. Obviously, the only thing we should consider here is old shape versus new shape. So new tech in the engine and in the vehicle, and I think. Yeah, so the V8 obviously has four cylinders shut off as well, the, the petrol it, car. Exactly. And if you probably done that in suburban and city, the diesel would be better on fuel because that, that on short journeys, that's G63 engine, that four-litre bi-turbo engine is not very good, obviously. Could it? Could the G-Wagon have a 100-litre tank? Is that possible? That's not possible. No, mate, no. Way. Maybe, but I put similar fuel in both of them. I mate. know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just having a look. I just want to see, like... It wasn't, like, night and day. Yeah. I think I think liters wise, I I put similar liters in, but obviously the cost was more than the diesel. Oh my god, it's a hundred liter tank. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, but I just want to look at some. Okay, so so look, let's just do a hundred liters, uh, or sorry, a twenty twenty. Let's say it's a twenty five gallon tank. It, if and, I'm and honest, I put six. I think I put sixty quid in both of them. You think you put sixty? I quid think in both I put sixty quid in both of them. Yeah. Fine. And you worked out, because I remember you called me in a frenzy. You'd worked out the maths and essentially price per mile, the diesel was more expensive. The diesel, because of the because of the difference of the, if they were the same price, if they were say one pound 40 yeah, a yeah, litre yeah, yeah, each, yeah. then the diesel would have been slightly so better. Your MPG was better in the diesel, but the, the cost per mile Correct. was higher. But it was only slightly better. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh my God, it's 10, 10 mile per gallon better. It would, it would have been... A tiny bit more interesting if you'd done uh, same year, like 2020 diesel versus 2020 G63. But, but yeah, I yeah, I didn't have that comparison. Yeah, yeah. But but 
when you flip it on its head and it got me thinking and I, I even went in <clears throat> a similar, pe- uh, you know, equivalent petrol mm-hmm, cars mm-hmm. the other day and diesel cars. And again, there wasn't like hardly, because these petrol engines now are really, really good on fuel. Mm-hmm. These modern petrol engines, the, the, the you know, the 1.2s and the, you know, the one litre petrols and even the, the, the 1.5s and the two litre petrols, they're really good on fuel. So would you say that you are seeing consumer pushback for diesel? Like, so obviously I sold you my X3 M40D yeah. last year. Like, are you are you seeing less diesels come to you or less interest in diesels or you haven't seen that yet? You're just picking up on the fact that you think petrols are as frugal to so run. Apart from SUVs, unless I take some in part exchange, I don't really buy diesel cars anymore. Most mm. of my stuff is petrols. Um, and I, I I am stocking some cheaper stuff at the minute, which are little smaller petrol cars, obviously. So, um, you know, like oddly you'll have some diesel estate cars sometimes come in, or, the, the odd diesel, but in general, they're all like little mm. petrol cars now. And apart from SUVs, I mean, I'd even buy a petrol SUV now because people do, people do buy them, yeah. you know, they, they, you yeah. know, they are, they are a, they are a thing. So um, the Tiguan's a good one, actually, because obviously they do a diesel two-liter Tiguan and they do a petrol one. And the um, the petrol one is not probably any worse on fuel. Yeah. Or there's not a lot of difference. So and when you just... just It's the price so on the, the pump. That, that's the price on the pump. That's yeah. exactly it. So then when you actually dial into it, what's the attraction for diesel anymore? I mean, obviously, We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y dot com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So I say to come back to that Harry Metcalf video, he said he went diesel for multiple reasons, you know, and I think when I was looking at the second X3 that I bought, I went diesel because I was like in the M40i, do I need all that performance and it does feel thirsty every now and again. I went to the D and it still wasn't like not thirsty. It, you know, it was a bit better, but it wasn't like miles better. And yeah. as you say, it was costing me a bit more to fill up. Yeah. So I never was like, oh, this is like, I think the yeah. next time round, if we got another one, I'd probably go like the 20D or yeah. the 30D or the 20I, like, yeah. you know, just have a little baby engine. So, well, it's a, it's a thing to watch because I think that this is it, right? Is if it's like, okay, so my mum, for example, at the weekend, having experienced the i5 and stuff like that. She was like, oh, I think maybe next time around I'll go for the plug-in hybrid Evoke. She's had Evokes now for, God, maybe 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I'll get a plug-in hybrid Evoke. And I was like, yeah, that's probably probably a good shout. I don't know if the uh, Evoke self-charges or recharges when you drive. I don't Not know if sure. you've got that tech or, yeah. or, or whether it's purely just... Some know. of them do, don't they? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, but I just said to her, I said, you know, just make sure you're plugging it in at night because mm. otherwise it doesn't make a lot of sense to have the... Um, she said, well, what, what would my other option be? I said, if I'm honest, like, just, just go and get another little petrol engine. Like, you know, it, yeah. 
and it, I think the petrol's the way to go. Sorry to interrupt, because um, there's no DPF filters and mm, stuff like that. Maintenance mm. is historically cheaper on a petrol car than it is a as on uh, is on a diesel car. What's our mate things? Um, add blue, and yeah, you got add the add blue. But obviously, if you do lots of short journeys in a in a a diesel car you block the dpf up mm. so you know it's a problem which is what obviously the ad blue helps that but yeah. you know you don't have any of that in the petrol yeah it's going to be interesting to see which you know as all of this flows out and we figure out what our lives look like over the next five to ten years when it comes to driving cars and buying cars and owning cars yeah i do kind of agree with you that it feels like at the moment small, clean petrol engines make kind of the most sense. I do think there are some very good plug-in hybrids coming through. Yeah. But they're not They're expensive, perfect. though, as well, they're by expensive. the way. They're yeah. Nothing that Harry pointed out. You know, they're, they're definitely expensive. Um, expensive to buy, expensive to run, all these different things like that. So, yeah, for sure, for me, as I say, considering, you know, F-Pace SVR is going to go back at some point and probably going back into another X3 because they're just so damn good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not really leaning towards the 30e, which is the hybrid X3. No. I'm not looking at the iX3. I'm I'm looking at a, yeah, 20i yeah. or a 30d or something like that. You yeah, know, it feels like the most obvious choice. But as well, like we, you know, we always keep hearing cars are so expensive nowadays, and they are in general. But mate, there are some cars out there at the moment that are for nothing. Like well, yeah, little like for instance, like a. I know this doesn't suit everyone, but it suits everyone in a city. Like a little. One litre Fiat 500 brand new car, they're 140 quid a month. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and never, am I, uh, maybe I'm making a stretch here, you're never going to be in hu like huge negative equities. Like well, well, you can't be. That's what I mean. The car costs <laughs> only 12 grand new. Yeah. But you're never really going to be. Disaster. Yeah. You yeah. Never, you're only ever going to be a grand or two grand the wrong way. And then the longer you keep it, you'll be you'd be the right way because they don't poop themselves it's not like they're 12 grand off the forecourt they're six no that's what I mean no it's not a thing whereas if you go and buy a 50 grand BMW you uh -oh. drive off the forecourt it is 35 <laughs> the next week well actually well, you should have included one of them in Stockwatch because yes it is time to move on to Stockwatch Stockwatch it's time to check out some stock um, <laughs> that was a good one I'm so glad you did that yeah yeah um, uh, which we've gone well we've gone with combustion engine cars and you know talking about how Affordable they are, but Big we've gone fast ones. completely the wrong, <laughs> wrong way. And we've gone Porsche. So yeah. let's kick things off. So from your you know, really affordable Fiat 500, uh, you've gone with a £165,000 Cayman GT4 RS. Yeah. So talk me through why on earth you've, you've chosen this. Well, because these have been a particular interest to me. I know, it annoys me. Yeah, that. and I know that... In every single way, the car I currently own, the GT3, is better, I think. You know, some people go, oh, it's the best Porsche, Porsche I've ever made. I completely disagree. But I do like them. You just want one. Just tick, yeah, tick I just box. want one. I wouldn't sell the GT3. I'd just have one. Because I remember when they first launched, I was jumping. We were both jumping up and down. But unfortunately, because of other cars that are out there, it's still quite a lot of money for a Cayman. However, it's nearly a hundred grand cheaper than it was when it first came out. 
So remind me, list price was what? Was spec'd well? Was it 135, 140? Mm, I think they were, might have the been top? a little bit more than that. Oh, really? I think so, with the ceramics and all the bits on them. But say they're 150, 155, for instance. Wow, okay. Yeah. I had no idea they got that much. Yeah. So um, in the trade mate, they're under list now. So you wow. Could, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. So okay, fine. So they'll be under list in the trade. So so uh, problem being though, not only was that yes, you say very expensive for a, a Cayman, um, mm. you couldn't get them because it's this one of Porsche's special so there were cars. So hundred over list. So, so they were hundred over list. So yeah, they, we were seeing the first few cars come out at like two fifty, two seventy five, mm. whatever, which was like. Are you insane? And don't forget the poor buggers that were made to buy the bike and the watch and 10 other Caymans to get one mm -hmm. as yeah. well. Yeah. So that car probably owed them a quarter of a million quid. Did you see the Mark McCann video about this? No. Do you know who Mark McCann is? He's yeah. a new YouTuber blowing up a similar ilk to... Uh, it's kind of got that DD... Oh, you wouldn't know who these people are. Anyway, UK YouTuber. You've probably met him. I'm sure he's been okay. out and about. Fair. And stuff like that. Got lot, lots of nice cars. Anyway, Fair. he called around... Porsche dealerships asking for a 992 GT3 RS. And he recorded all the oh, phone no calls. Oh, no chance. Yeah, he recorded all the phone calls. No, no, he did it ironically to prove the system. Oh, so he called oh, up. broken. Yeah, yeah, he called up to be like, let's see what happens. Oh. So he's got it. So, hello, hi there. I'm calling up to him. I would like to buy a GT3 RS. And you could just hear the salesman. <laughs> and the best part was where he got to is someone called him back. about. He's like, I've called like nine dealerships. I'm like, clearly it's not going to happen. Someone called him back. Um... We do have a customer who's go. looking to part ways with their car. Of course you do. Um, it would be, I can't remember all the numbers here, so go and watch the video, or if you know, comment below. Um, 150 grand <laughs> over list. Like yeah. that. But, but if you think about it, um, that's actually going to cost you less than the other weeks. They'd obviously have a conversation, because I skipped through the video a bit. They'd obviously had a conversation where he had to buy, I think, six cars At least. to qualify, I think, yeah, is what yeah. they presented him with. So the depreciation on the six cars he would have had to have buy to get a slot would be more than the 150 or grand, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's how, and she was genuinely talking like that was, the, yeah, 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 so it's a better decision. He was like, right, right. And he was playing like the real, like, I don't know anything. Okay, fine. Okay, fascinating. But that's so, what they um, open, mate. The, 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 so anyone that watching this, please, please, not just Porsche, stop playing the game because it's going to cost you so much money in the long run. We're just going to play overs. Just go and pay the let, overs, right? Let the car come out. Let someone else do it. Let the car come out. Let it settle itself down in the market. Wait a year, 18 months. Swallow a bit of pride. It doesn't matter that it's used and it's got no miles on it and save yourself 150 grand. You're not dictated by some bloke that works in a dealership that, that, um, tells you what to do because that's what they do. That's why I stopped. I used to do it all the while mm -hmm. with Porsche and Ferrari mm -hmm. and I just got so sick and tired of being dictated to and told what to do and how to do it and when to buy it. and then not even being guaranteed the cars mm -hmm. which we spoke about this before it's just it's an absolute piss take. Yeah. So and then some grubby YouTuber comes along, gets given a slot for free. Yeah. But, oh. Yeah. And you. <laughs> That's my, that was me. <laughs> oh, because I can think of others as well. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, okay, so you picked this car because yeah. what you think this is now representing goodish value? Well, like, well, better value as in. Still a ton of money. Yeah, it's still a ton of money. It's still similar money to a, to a GT3 and they've probably got a little bit to fall as well, these Mm. cars but it's a hundred grand difference to where it was you know and they were s selling at that money you know so 
you know, it's quite a few of them online. Twenty-eight cars. Online. Yeah, but they, for a car, they didn't make many of. Apparently, there's yeah. millions of them. But they're. Um, I think they'll find their feet at like one twenty-five-ish. Probably they'll find their feet. Okay. So um, still got a little bit of way to come. But, uh, but yeah. if you had been waiting for, um, if you've been waiting for a GT4 RS, is now starting to get. Closer to being a sort of goodish time to look at buying one, or yeah, you, yeah, yeah, because I think that you know, some of them are, are too expensive. Some because some a lot of them are probably on SOR, same as the GT3s, and they're just trying to get out of them, trying yeah. to get their money back. But you know, the real value ones are the ones that the dealers actually buy because that's what they're worth, real price, you know. So, um, so so I've just been looking whilst you've been doing that. So, 28 GT4 RS is for sale, uh, cheapest. Well, that wasn't the cheapest car that you found. I think the cheapest car is like a 155 yeah, car. Yeah, no ceramics. and That's yeah. what, yeah, fine. Yeah. There's 31992 GT3s for sale. Cheapest mm. cheapest car, 166. That's manual and auto, though. Fine. So if you go PDK, oh, there's sorry, probably okay. half. Although some of the manuals come up as PDKs. Don't know why they do that, Porsche. But 20, 22 PDK cars. Yeah. Um, and the cheapest PDK is, oh yeah, 166. Yeah. Yeah, fine. So With some miles on it. Yeah. Which lot, is fat list. It, yeah. So, yeah. so well, interesting. Okay, well, if you've got lots of money, there you go. That's Tony, but they were called Tony for a million Shell. quid as well, by Of the way. course. No, yeah. hey, look, we both are very aware of yeah. the sharp <laughs> fall of GT3 prices. Um, I'm going to go to the other end of the Porsche market. Right. This beauty. 996 Turbo. Now, bear with me here, Tony. Because I'm going to have I, to bear with you. I no. think 996 Turbos are just starting to creep into people's attentions. Because mm. the 996, you know, we spoke about a while, it was forever an unloved 911. Yeah. I obviously had that 40th anniversary, which I did like, but I never really gelled with. But no. I've, all, I've always liked the way they look. The turbo gets the good engine. Yeah. It's still a great turbo. The fact that maybe this is from an era where the cars aren't that, I didn't find it that exhilarating because mm. it's still a bit more cushy. That's what you want in a turbo. Mm. Still manual, hard. Anyway, so this is a very well specced car. Mm. Big miles, eighty-two thousand mm. miles, because they often do. Mm. Thirty-seven nine nine five is a private seller. It's a lovely car. This has been looked after meticulously, supposedly according to the advert. Basically serviced almost every single year. Bang on. It's got the Porsche PCCM plus. Uh, it's had a load of work done recently. Manual, fully inspected, sunroof, all the all the lot. So this is a good car. Just heavy on the miles. If you're looking for a lower mileage car, you're going to start pushing up towards fifty grand. But I just think this is a this is one to watch. If you're looking to get into a nine eleven for not a lot of money, I would steer clear of. <laughs> A twenty grand nine nine six Carrera. That is a lot of work. That's a big bill. But turbos seem to have been looked after better over the years as well because it was a big money car back in the day. Big dick car back oh, in the so day. Boy, it's still a big money car now. Thirty eight thousand quid for a ninety thousand mile turbo. But as I said, that's one of the cheapest out there, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, it, I'm in the sure UK, it it's is. one of the cheapest out there. And as yeah. I said, if you look at nine elevens across the board, nine nine threes are gone. Nine nine seven. Turbos, Gen 1 and Gen 2, over 50 grand. Gen 2s, 997 Gen 2 turbos are still like close to 100 grand in some cases, mate. Yeah, but that's because the 992 Turbo S has been holding for so long, apart from now. And the 991. And the 991. So they're all sitting up at 100 odd grand. So apart from a 997.1 and the 996, I mean, I, I think that is a lot of car 
for yes, you're saying a lot of money, but in the Porsche world, if you want a 911, I think that's a good place to look. If you want a 911, yes, you could go cheaper and you can get a 996 Carrera, Carrera 4, whatever, for less. But I think you'll end up spending more in the long run on bills and maintenance. I think the turbos, often as they have been looked after better, usually serviced every year, usually maintained well, just because over the years, people who've owned them, only it's been since they've dropped so low that people have started to you know, be a little bit looser with maintenance. I don't think they've dropped low. I think that's a fortune for that car, personally. If you want my opinion, if you want something Porsche that's cheap and cheerful, that's going to do the job and won't break, get yourself a Cayman or a Boxster. It's not a 911, though. I just said, if you want a 911, though. Yeah, but if, if you, you want, want to get in a 911. Yeah, yeah. That's the route to go. If you want to get into a, a 911, <laughs> sub 50 grand. What world do we live in now? I'd buy that car. A cushy. In a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's so, you're so weird that you buy, like, you know, it's almost like you buy a car wanting it to break. No, to be I don't. Stuck That's been very well maintained, supposedly. But it's about to break that car. Full on, mate. That's that's catastrophic. Supposedly not. Well, it will. Catastrophic that will be. And that's no. The you're just a negative Nancy, mate. No, I just didn't live in the real neg- world. No, mate. you're a negative Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> I drove that Moon Miles nine nine seven GT three. Yeah, had two hundred and something odd thousand miles. It was yeah. on its original ceramic discs. Well, with loads of meat on them. Yep. Loads of meat. <laughs> loads of meat on the bike. Loads of meat, The done a load of motorway miles then. Fine. Yeah. Who cares? Well, but that, you well, would that, see... He's not used the brakes, has he? But you'd see that and go, Oh, steer clear. You've got a big bill. You're going to have to do the disc. You're going to have to do the pad. No, you won't. Well, you'd have, if you'd done 200,000 miles, you, in normal terms, you'd have done the disc four or five times. But, but he hadn't. No, because he's not used the brakes. Fine. Fair. But Fair. They're, they're, so... So that's that's one example. That's like going back to your 360 that was very good. You didn't spend a lot of money on it for well, I did. a long period of time. And then you did have humongous bills and it broke down because it happened. It's coming. At some point, it's coming. It's coming with your GT3 as well. Oh, wait, it already has. No, I've already sold and it. And mine. That was brand new. But but did we pay anything? And did we get stuck at the side? Well, you got stuck at the yeah, side of the road, the but I road. didn't. No, I'm I just, I'm, I'm over your anti- Old, I'm over it, man. Right, well, good. Done. Well, don't listen to me then. Don't buy it to it then. If you want a 911, don't buy that one. Get this 996 <laughs> turbo from this private seller because if you don't, I'm very tempted and I might go and buy it. Oh, here we go. Um, let's move on to another new car, which Someone hopefully won't everything. break down. Uh, because Aston Martin revealed the new Vantage. Yeah. I went to have a look at it. Yeah. Had a little poke around. And? Well, so. I walked in the room. Mm. I hadn't had time to read the press release. So I'd I have walked in and walked back out again. I think they're a bit upset about uh, it's got a new f- new face. Uh, yeah, nice. Um, weirdly, I liked the old, what's now the old shape Vantage. Oh, all right. Not everyone was a fan of. Huh? The new shape, you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of pretty, but therefore I think lost a little bit of impact. It's got like a bit of 177 about it, a lot of DB12 about it. It's sort of soft. But therefore, I was like, I don't know if it's just it's just a bit too pretty. Like, it's just a lot of bit of the Vantage aggression. For me, Vantage has always been a bit like, ah, ah, like, just got like, yeah. This is just a bit like, ooh. Are you, are you just not, are you trying to find fault there? No. Because I, I think that in, you know, I don't really have too much nice to say about Aston Martin, but they always make very pretty cars. As in, it's that's never changed. They've always made lovely looking cars. And from where I'm sitting, I'm looking at a picture of it now. 
it just looks like an updated, more modern. No, vantage. no, it's very, very pretty. Yeah. And I think the big, big grill is is gorgeous. Yeah. And I think when I see them on the road, like it's a very pretty car. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it just, I just didn't have impact. And okay. I think this, the reason why is apart from the front end. If you go literally from the front wheels back, it's it's very familiar. Yeah, a bit like with the DB12, the DB12, very, very familiar. Yeah, so yeah. I got given this walk around, and I said, I said. So is this, would you just call this a facelift or? And he was like, it's like 90% new. I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Because I said, I said design wise. It looks 90% old. <laughs> so I really put my foot in there. I think I, I upset some people at Aston because yeah. yeah, like we're seeing across the board, we spoke about it in a few, a few episodes ago, uh, Panamera, DB12, 750S, you know, design language is not being developed and pushed that aggressively. Mm. So yeah, this does look very familiar with the new front end and the front end is very, very pretty, but but maybe not as aggressive as before, apart from that front grill. Anyway, car is pretty much all new. The real headline stat for me is it's 150 horsepower more than the old car. I mean, that is... A lot. A bit of a joke. Mm. I mean, that's no longer, at least stat-wise, an entry-level sports car. Do but, you know what I mean? But did we say that when Porsche done the jump, similar jump, wasn't quite 150, but it was 100 from the 991 Turbo S to the 992 Turbo S. The thing is, maybe we did, but the I thing... I don't think we did. The, the, the thing is with this car is it's changed the identity of the Vantage, or at least what the Vantage has been for the last 15 years or so. Crap, it's, you mean. <laughs> because it might actually be good now. I think it will be good based on the DB12. Yeah. Um, it was forever a rival for what? The R8, a Carrera S. F-Type was a bit punchy. But it was always a sort of, as I say, entry-level sports car. Yeah. It is now taking that big hike. I think price-wise, this is going to be 185 grand on your doorstep. I, I think. Um, and it, it shifted the car way above... You know, it's sort of positioning. So firstly, where does that put DB12? DB12 is now an you know, 812 super fast rival. Um, what else is in that? Bentley Continental GT rival. You know, it's a big, big, big dick rival, you know. Oh, sorry, big dick car, that car. Mm. Because the Vantage has pushed, pushed it up as well. Because now the Vantage has taken a big step up towards AMG GT, 911 Turbo. Um, Roma. Uh, yeah, Roma probably. Yeah, good point. Yeah, Roma. Uh, what else in that sphere? Well, I just don't understand, mate, all these categories and all these, because I would say the Bentley and the DB12 and the Roma, they all compete with each other, mm -hmm. 100%. And then, I don't know, the Turbo S is a really odd one, because although people do compare it to a Roma and, and a Bentley, I'm, I'm not sure it is quite a competitor, because it's it's a lot cheaper. I, I really, I don't think the Turbo S competes with anyone. You know, I know that maybe this Vantage will compete with it a bit more, but it's not a two plus two, it's a two seater. Mm -hmm. I know we know that the back seats are not worth sitting in. The Bentley aside, I'm, I'm not sat in the back of a DB12, so I wouldn't know. And actually, the Roma's got more room in the back than a Turbo S as well. Mm. So, it's really odd how them cars sit because some people say they'd all compete. Some people would say, well, the Vantage will compete with the Turbo S. But then, 
like, well, then the Turbo S competes with the Roma and then some say it, the, the Bentley. Isn't so, it a price point thing? Wouldn't well, you say it's a price point it, thing? It, is it a price point thing? Because the Turbo S, performance-wise, outdoes them all. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's really, are we competing in performance? Are we competing in price? Because if you're competing in price, then it's Aston and Turbo S. And the other three I are I think you gone. have to look at price. I've absolutely. Because essentially, you've got 200 grand to spend on a sports car. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. And then you go, right, well, do I care about lap time? Do I care about uh, mountain road dynamics? Do I care about cruisability? Do I care about yeah. looks? And that's what, that's where I think, you, because DB12 is a 12 super fast level. Not, I, it's very, 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 very good. I, I think it's more Roma performance than, 812 Superfast performance, but money-wise, it's pushing way above Roma. But where does the Bentley sit? <laughs> the up there as well, because that I'm just talking about just money. If you've got 250 grand or 300 grand no, space... it's 300, if you're spending th Well, there you go. If you're spending 300 grand, then you're looking at, yeah, Continental GT, DB12. The DB12 is 300 grand, is it? It no, but I think I think spec'd up it's two fifty. So it's Bentley money. I think again the eight twelve. I think that sits on its own. It does because it's a Ferrari, but yeah. but, but surely it, you're talking two fifty plus, aren't you? There's not many other options. Mm, you no, you're, you're at two fifty for a car. And you think pure oh. sang. <laughs> you're, you're at two fifty, and then you think, oh well, I'll just stretch a bit further for the Ferrari, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if it's, I don't think that's in people's. I don't think there's a stretch. I think if you got caught for a million quid, you got three hundred grand. I think at that point you're you're there you go. gone. Two, what's that price? Two six nine. What's that for? That's the DB twelve. Two seventy. Yes, in between the Bentley and the. And uh, it, do you know what else would be interesting? As we go back to the Vantage, because that's what we're talking about. Mm. Um, I know that the price is expensive, but if it does compete with the Turbo S, the new Turbo S is going to be moon money, mate. Be over two hundred grand yeah, potentially, and, it, and it's not going to be. 600 horsepower it'd be 700 horsepower but they're very different for me if I had that money and I was I, I, I wouldn't be comparing them personally if I had that money because they're so different in yeah, characteristics me too yeah um, you know I, I, that's why I think you know Vantage versus Roma um, versus well, I don't know uh, Roma's quite for a million quid with yeah, all the options on yeah, it yeah if you're buying new but I mean we, I made this I had this chat with um, I was like who are your rivals now and they said to be honest, I'm not sure we got any anymore in terms of direct comparisons because, yeah. The Vantage, I'd agree. We're, we're, who are AMG they? AMG GT has gone four-seat all-wheel drive. Yeah. Oh, sorry, two-plus-two all-wheel drive. So so they said two-seater rear-wheel drive sports cars. It's not really anywhere else. Maybe why they picked that price point. Mazda MX-5? Like, no, don't be a dick. <laughs> but maybe that's why they picked that price point because actually uh, yeah. there's not, nothing else. To, to buy that kind of car, you haven't really got any options apart from the Roma. Realistic, and then and that's a, and that's a two plus two. That's a two plus two. Yeah, fair. Anyway, I'm super excited because I've always loved Vantage, and DB12 was bloody fantastic. And I think once I see these things on the road, I'll like the looks a bit. Rear more. wheel drive. Yeah, rear wheel drive. Aww. So I'm hopefully going to drive it a little bit later in the year. I'd like to drive it as well. Yeah, I think it could be great. You haven't driven DB12 yet, have you? Not DB12. It is no. fantastic, mate. It yeah. is a really good car. I think I just, you know what? I was just disheartened by the price. I think if they said it was 160 plus options, oh no, sorry, one 
was the old car? 130 plus options? Or one, no, no, the old car was like 115 plus options. No, it? it was way more than that. 130 uh, plus options. Yeah, but it was a lot of money, mate. Okay, so if time, this was 150 plus options, I think I would have been a bit more excited. Because the, the old car was still 150 grand. It was 100, time. you're right. Yeah. It was 150 grand by the time you would finish. So it must yeah. have been 130 to start yeah. or 125 plus yeah. plus plus because Aston are bad as, as bad as Porsche when it comes to options. Yeah. I well, think that just got a bit disheartened when I realized that it's going to be creeping up on 200 grand because I was yeah. like, well, you know, that's gone. <laughs> for me it's not but, I'm gonna love until it until it's two years old I'm gonna love yeah fair and it's 100 grand because yeah. that's what it will be yeah well let's wait and see I think it's exciting I mean I I, I like the moves Aston are making at the moment mm. um, just launched the new F1 car got the new um, infotainment system haven't they got all the new infotainment system lovely yeah. place to be the, nice inside, so the launch be. car had the V12 Vantage carbon buckets boy did they look good are they oh. nice and comfortable yeah you wouldn't have them I mean they're all the money and you wouldn't have them. Well, I bought to get in and out of it, but boy, did they look amazing. Ceramics are 10 grand option. Yeah, I think all Come the... Come on, steels. Yeah, they'll, they'll all just... I mean, the money just gets silly with these cars and the leathers are just well, And that's the thing, like, if you're comparing it to a Turbo S, ceramics are standard on a Turbo S. Yeah, but hold on a sec, because we went through a whole episode last week talking about how insane options are on a Porsche. So do not start saying... That was a Taycan. Well, the t- no, mate. Just full stop. Any options on a Porsche? Are you mad? Any options on a yeah, Porsche? Yeah, like uh, Complete pistol. So like, yeah. Well, the Porsche's great value but compared but to But they're one of the Vantage. cheapest, by the way. They, what? Porsche. They're the, one of the cheapest for options. Look at the rest of the market. Look at look at Ferrari. Ferrari charge you two and a half. Well, mate, that's Ferrari. That is Ferrari. Right, but that's who they. That it's it's a competitor. Lambo the same. They take the Mickey. So these manufacturers take the Mickey, mate. Mm. Rolls Royce, the same. Yeah, Rolls Royce. Flipping hell. Mm. There's, even Range Rover are trying it now. Mm. It's nearly 200 grand for a Range Rover Sport now. It's because Yanomise was too clever. He was nicking all their money. They thought, well, why are we letting well, that guy do it? it? We'll yeah, do it ourselves. Yeah. Just charge you all the money for yeah. it. You want custom colours? We can do custom colours. You want spinning rims? We can do spinning rims. Yeah. Just give us a call. Yeah. And write your name at the bottom of the cheque. Um... <laughs> Well, anyway, I, I say hopefully going to be driving that car later this year. I am excited. I am excited because um, I think Aston are doing are just doing cool things, and thank God it's not a hybrid. Uh, um, anyway, that brings an end to this week's episode. Uh, all we want to do is confirm dates for the first tour. We had a lot of interest. That oh my god, yeah, he must have blown up. That we detailed last week. So just a reminder in case you missed last week's episode. This year, Tony and I are trialing two. Car tours, car rallies, car road trips. We yeah. don't really know what to call them at this stage. It's such an early thing. We haven't decided. The first one happening in April, the week commencing the 15th of April. So if you are someone who regularly does, you know, supercar tours, you know, sports car rallies, you go on these big trips, uh, that this trip might be of interest to you. As I say, it's going to be lovely hotels, fantastic food, some of the best roads in Europe, all day driving, uh, great, you know, nice just, coffee stops. All the, all the light. Me gonna, and Sam. Yeah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> this could be up your street. It's the week commencing 15th April. It's going to be a super limited event. It's our first tour. We're going to keep the numbers very small, yeah. very exclusive. So it is definitely more of the high end event compared to the one that we're going to be doing later in the year, which we're hoping to open up wide and make more accessible. Yeah. But yeah, if you're interested in the high end tour, Week commencing 15th of April, and hopefully next week we can tell you more and tell you how to apply for a space. That's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to follow uh, Tony uh, over the next week, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass. You can follow this podcast at Behind the Glass underscore underscore podcast. We'll be back with you for another episode next week. Bye bye. See ya.